today and we thank you for access that we have into the deep things of God by the Holy Spirit. We speak words that the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual and we rejoice that the glorious light of the gospel floods the nations, that the word of God has free course among the nations in this city, in this land, even as it is with us and we decree and declare that your people are built up today Revelation knowledge is granted everyone hearing the sound of my voice. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light. And I decree that veils full of clarity comes by God's word. You're built up and equipped with the word and Jesus is glorified. Thank you Father that by the end of this service nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you glory and honor for answered prayer. In Jesus precious name and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome every one of you connected to this service this morning. And I'd like you to lift your right hands up. Let's release our feet together as we declare these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service this morning by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, and all the various platforms on Instagram and Twitter. And today, especially, we want to welcome the Aquaibom State community through Inspiration FM. Through Inspiration FM. We want to appreciate all of you that are connected to this radio station right now within Aquaibom State. We've just decided to make sure that everybody is able to be served the word of God and the grace of God. Irrespective of whatever church you attend, the word of God is one. And we want to encourage you to just stay with us through the course of the service and be ready to learn. I realize that all over the state churches are not able to meet. And so many of you are at home and some of you are not able to have access to a proper worship service. So we decided to extend our services through the Inspiration FM this morning. So wherever you are, reach out to some people, ask them to connect to this radio station. It's going to be a time of teaching and learning. Grab your notebook, grab your Bible, grab your pen. We're going to study quite a lot in the word of his grace. And hey guys, get ready. The word is going to build you up all over the world, all our house centers and campuses. You will never be the same again by the end of this service. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Praise God. We've been teaching on two kinds of righteousness in the past few weeks. Two kinds of righteousness. And for those of you that are connecting to this teaching for the first time, I'd like you to be patient. And I'd like you to listen attentively because there are a number of things we have already taught before we got to this part. And I'll encourage you at the end of the service to try and get the other materials that will help you to understand what we have said already that you may have questions about and to be able to catch up with everything we are teaching. But it's a joy to have every one of you. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. 
Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation is faith in Christ Jesus. So our focus is on the righteousness of God through faith. When you read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, you will see two kinds of righteousness discussed across the board. And brother Paul says to Timothy that salvation is through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You must realize that when brother Paul says scriptures, he was making reference to the Old Testament. So salvation in the Old Testament will be seen as faith in Christ. Which means that faith in Christ unlocks the Old Testament for you. We said that faith in Christ is synonymous with faith in his work. Or faith in Christ is not the same with faith for healing. It's not the same the kind of faith that the woman with the issue of blood used when she received her healing. Faith in Christ will result in you being a son of God. John 1.12 But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. So faith in Christ is in what Jesus has done in his resurrection. And when you have that faith in the person of Jesus, the resultant effect of that is that you become a son of God. When you have faith in the redemptive sacrifice, you have faith in the resurrection of Jesus, you are brought into becoming a son of God. As many as receive him, to them he give power to become the sons of God. In the book of Luke chapter 24, verse 25, Luke 24, 25, when he said unto them on the way to Emmaus, Jesus with his disciples, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now take note, to believe, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, to believe all. So the way to see clarity in the scriptures is to believe, to have faith. Like I said, salvation is faith in the sacrificial work of Christ. So faith in Christ interprets the scriptures for us. Faith in Christ interprets the scriptures to us. If you look at that Luke chapter 24 verse 27. Luke 24 verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. The word expounded there is the word daimonua in the Greek. It means to interpret across the board. To interpret across the board. So faith in Christ helps to interpret the scriptures. Faith in Christ helps to interpret the scriptures. John chapter 5 verse 39. Jesus speaking said, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. So the way to understand the scriptures is to see it through faith in Christ. We have already said that Christ is the explanation of all things. That is to say, Jesus is the explanation of the scriptures. Brother Paul was saying 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. 
The word mind of Christ is we have the understanding of Christ. Which means we have the explanation of Christ. In other words, when I have the Old Testament, I should look for the understanding of Christ. First John chapter 5 verse 20. First John chapter 5 verse 20. The scripture says, and we know, and we know that the Son of God is come. And had given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. That is to say, our understanding is in the light of Christ. We know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know. So our understanding is via Christ. That is, Christ unlocks the scriptures. That is to say, we see the scriptures through the eyes of Christ. Now, in the first service, I laid some foundation concerning the things I'm about to share right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man in Christ, a new creature, all things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Behold, all things are become new. The word old things, O-L-D, all things have passed away. He is saying something more precise there. The word what things, the word old things, old, O-L-D, things, is the Greek word akios, A-R-K-A-I-O-S. Akios, taken from the word aki, A-R-C-H-E. Before now. That's the meaning. Before now, old things. Before now. It was used for primitive things. Like early ancient things. Jesus used these himself. In the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 21. You will see that word actually. Matthew 5 21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time. Old things are passed away. Of them of old time. He is talking about the Old Testament. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 33 again. Matthew chapter 5 verse 33. Again, you have heard that it had been said by them of old time. The word Ake of old time. Look at Luke chapter 9 verse 8. Luke chapter 9 verse number 8. And of some that Elias had appeared and of others, that one of the old prophets. That one of the old prophets. Same word for old things. Look at Luke chapter 9 verse 19. Luke chapter 9 verse 19. The application of the word old. They answering said John the Baptist. But some say Elias. And others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. Old. So the word old in this references is the word Achaeus. Look at the use of that word again in Acts 15, 21. Acts chapter 15, verse number 21. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. The word Achaeus. Look at it again in Acts 15, verse 7. Acts chapter 15, verse number 7. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago, a good while ago is the word for old things. Those words relate with time. 
For example, look at it again in Acts 21, 16. A lot of scriptures good for your health. Acts 21, 16. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one manson of Cyprus, an old disciple, an old disciple. Look at Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. The word old has to do with time. And spare not the old world, the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. The word old has to do with time from the things we have read so far. Like in Revelation 12, 1, I mean 12, 9, he said the, that serpent, that old serpent, the devil. That old serpent, the devil. So in using old things are passed away, it has to do with time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, put it up again and stay with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if any man, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things. Old things. The word time, old time is the word kainos. Kainos. Time. Kainos. Used in 1 Corinthians 11.25. 1 Corinthians 11.25. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the Kainos testament is the Kainos testament in my blood this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me look at that same word Kainos in 1st Corinthians 5 7 1st Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 Purge out therefore the old living and that ye may be a new lump as you are unliving for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us the, the word new Kainos, new lump. Look at that same word again used in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse number 6. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the Kainos Testament. Of the Kainos Testament. Look at the word old again in 1 Corinthians 5 7. Old things are passed away. 1 Corinthians 5 7. Purge out therefore the old living. That ye may be a new lump as you are unliving. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The word old living meaning Old Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old living. Old living. Neither with the living of malice and wickedness. But with the unliving bread of sincerity and truth. Pay attention. Look at that same word again. That word old is for Old Testament. Look at 2 Corinthians 3 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. In other words, what Paul said by saying all things are passed away, what Paul was actually meaning there is that the Old Testament is passed away. He called the Old Covenant is the covenant of death and condemnation. And that covenant, God is not in it. So when you came into 
Christ, the old covenant of death and condemnation is passed away. That is what he means by old things are passed away. He's not talking about your old lifestyle, no. What he's talking about specifically in that context is that the Old Testament, which is the testament of death and condemnation, which brother Paul will say in Romans chapter 8 verse 2, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Meaning, it has made me free from the Old Testament. So all things are of God. All things, in that Second Corinthians 5.18, all things are of God means whatever you find in the new creature is of God. Whatever you find in the new creation is of God. We are new creations because of the New Testament. So it is New Testament New creations, new tongues. New testament, new creation, new tongues. Now come with me to Moses and the law. Where we have been working on since last week. Moses and the law. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18. Pay attention. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Pay attention. We have established that the law was never given by God. God is not two-faced. He will not give you the law of sin and give you the law of the spirit of life. We've established in, in, in John chapter 1 verse 17 that the law was given by Moses. The law was not given by God. The law was given by Moses. So all things are of God in the new covenant. All things are of God in the new creation. Stay with me. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3. Pay attention. Second Corinthians 3 3. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. We are the ministers or the letters of Christ ministered by the gospel. Observe, it says, not with ink. The word ink there is the Greek word plaques, plaques, not with ink. So when he gets to verse 17, he now says, please don't read it in isolation. When he says all things are passed away in that same second Corinthians, he has already said we are the ministers of Christ, not written on tables of stone, but written in tables of the heart. He now says, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. So if many people understand this text, they won't go to the Old Testament to look for their personalities. They will not be describing themselves by Old Testament characters. Because the Old Testament is the table of stone. Look at it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3. Pay attention now. 2 Corinthians 3 3. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us. 
written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, underline that, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. In fleshly tables of the heart. Take note of the word tables. The word tables of stone there is tablets or surface. Look at where it is used again in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4. Which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold. Wherein was the golden pot that had manna. And Aaron's rod that bought it. Pay attention now. And the tables of the covenant. The word tables of the covenant there means it is made of clay. It is made of clay. The stone is made of clay. It's a typical explanation of the flesh. A typical explanation of the flesh. You know, the Hebrew writer tells us that all the ceremonies of the Old Testament was to the purifying of the flesh made of clay. All the ceremonies were to the purifying of the flesh made of clay. So the word made of stone here implies made of clay. Made of clay is the Greek word hilosunos. Hilosunos in the Greek. He says, look, you are not a product of the Old Testament. You were not written with ink. You were not written with ink. You were written with the spirit of the living God. You were not written on tables of stone, but on fleshly tables of the heart. Not stone, but heart. Stay with me. He lets you know that whatever was written on stone was not the spirit of God. Brother Paul lets you know that anything that was written on stone is not the spirit of God because the spirit of God writes on the tables, fleshly tables of the heart. So the question is, did God write on stones? No. That's the answer. No. Moses, who is the principal actor here. What was he before? Look at Hebrews 11.24 and pay attention. Hebrews 11.24 By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Next verse. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Next verse. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Next verse. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Next verse. By faith or through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. Let's see that destroy the firstborn should touch them. Next verse. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Moses never relied on the tables of stones because he functioned by faith. 
Then look at that Hebrews 11, 30. Look at how he jumps. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Something is missing. Between where they passed the Red Sea, the next thing Moses talks, I mean the, the scriptures talks about, is Joshua. So 40 years after the Red Sea where faith was seen, the whole 40 years is out. Because those were 40 years of unbelief. So from the Red Sea, you won't hear of Israel anymore until the walls of Jericho. Because the years of unbelief were not years of faith, so it is not recorded in the chronicles of faith. Now, why was the writer, why didn't he include the 40 years? Because there were years of unbelief. So which was before the law? Before the law of Moses was faith in Christ. Abraham believed God. Genesis 15.6 Abraham believed God. So faith preceded the law of Moses. Please don't, get, don't miss that. Faith preceded the law of Moses. God has always functioned by faith. And in the sight of God, righteousness has always been by faith. So the 40 years of unbelief in the wilderness was not recorded. Pay attention. So what did Moses do during the years of unbelief in the wilderness? He simply handed over Israel to angels. He simply handed over Israel to angels. And angels have supernatural abilities. Angels have supernatural abilities. And they work for men. Angels learn through men. Angels don't have much knowledge. Their knowledge is gained through men. Look at First Peter chapter 1 verse 12. First Peter chapter 1 verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves... But unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you, which the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. That is, the angels could never have understanding of the gospel. So they desire to learn from us. And don't forget, it is only in the gospel you find righteousness by faith. Romans 1.16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Verse 17 For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel of Christ. And angels don't understand the gospel. So angels don't understand righteousness by faith. In 1 Timothy 3.16, it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory, seen of angels. So it is only during the incarnation that the angels saw God in Christ. That is when they saw God in Christ. And particularly, the closest was during the resurrection of Jesus. The angels saw the resurrected Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Let's clear this thing on angels. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. To the intent that now, 
unto the principalities and powers. These are angelic rulers in heavenly might be known might be known the angels might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So it is the church that will teach angels the wisdom of God. Meaning that the church is a university of angels. Look at me everybody. The church is a university of angels. So angels learn from the church. Angels learn from the church. They asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 19 verse 3. Pay attention. Matthew chapter 19 verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Next verse. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Next verse. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. Next verse. Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God had joined together. Let no man put asunder. Pay attention to verse 7. Verse 7. They say unto him. Why did Moses then. Why did Moses then. Command to give a writing of divorcement. And to put her away. Verse 8 now, pay attention. He saith unto them, Moses, this is Jesus' commentary. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. You know, Jesus mentioned God and Moses. Who gave them, who gave them the bill of divorcement? Moses. Moses gave them the bill of divorcement. Why? Because of the hardness of their hearts. It's the Greek word I have told you before. It's the Greek word prosten, prosten sclerocodian. Prosten sclerocodian. It's spelled as P-O-R-S-T-E-N-S K-L- E-R-O-K-O-R-D-I-A-N Prostens Clerocadium It means in view of the hardness of your hearts Moses gave you the law in view of the hardness of your heart Because he saw your heart was not responding to God So he gave them the law since their hearts were not responding to God, so Moses gave them the law. Is the word "himen epetrepsin"? Himen epetrepsin. You can write it down. H y m e n e p e t r e p s e n. Himen epetrepsin. He allowed it. Moses, when he saw that your heart was not responding to God, he allowed it all. He gave room for the law. No reason for the law if not because of the hardness of their hearts. In other words, the gospel 
preceded the law. The gospel was preached to them when they did not heed the gospel. When Moses saw the hardness of their heart to the word of God, he now responded to them with the law. Because you can't have hardness of heart without the message. That means the message was preached. They rejected the message because their hearts were hard. Then Moses gave them the law. That's what John 1.17 says. For the law was given by Moses. But grace which is truth came by Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Pay attention. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Take heed brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Next verse, 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Through the deceitfulness of sin. So, why did Moses give the law? Because of the hardness of their heart. They departed from the living God. So when they departed from the living God, Moses gave them the law. Look at that Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15. Hebrews 3 verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. What is the voice that they were to hear? They heard the voice means they heard the gospel. The word voice is the word for the gospel. Look at verse 16. Pay attention. Verse 16. For some, when they had, did provoke. How be it, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Verse 8, verse 17. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was he not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? 18. And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. If your Bible was mine, I will underline. To them that believe not. Now, look at the problem was that they didn't believe. Look at verse 19 now, emphatically, verse 19. So, we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So, what was the sin of Israel? Unbelief. What was the hardening of the heart? Unbelief towards the gospel. What was the voice of God to Israel? Rest. Rest. But they did not believe rest because their hearts rejected the gospel. So Moses gave them the law. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 to 3 now. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 to 3. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise be left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. As well as unto them. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that had it. 
Question. Was the gospel preached to them? Yes. Was it preached before the law or after the law? Huh? Before the law. Why was the law given? Huh? Okay, yes. Because they hardened their hearts towards God's voice, which is the gospel. What was the voice of God? The gospel. Okay. So, the law is not the voice of God. The law is not the voice of God. That's why the law came by Moses. But grace, which is truth, came from God. So, angels, we are involved in the giving of the law. And two days ago, I took time to emphatically and painstakingly take you through the scriptures to see that Moses ordained the angels to function with him in the giving of the law. Now let's see where angels were involved. Go to Deuteronomy 32 verse 20. Deuteronomy 32 verse 20. See what Moses will say. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation. Children in whom is no faith. Children. This is what Moses said about Israel. So question. The voice of God, what was it then? It was rest. So that means that the voice of God will always have rest. The voice of God will always be good news. The voice of God will always be righteousness through faith. Let me repeat it again. That will mean that when the voice of God speaks to you through the gospel, what you will get from the voice of God will be rest. What the voice of God will bring will be good news. What the voice of God will bring will be righteousness devoid of works or righteousness through faith. Please stay with me. Come to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now before we read Hebrews chapter 12, remember, God didn't change. God never changed. It was man who changed towards God. God has always been consistent. It is man that has been inconsistent. So Moses, because they didn't believe the gospel, gave them the law. Because they didn't believe the gospel, gave them the law. Hebrews 12.18 Hebrews 12.18 Pay attention carefully. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. So there's a mountain like that, that burns with fire, that has blackness, that is full of darkness and tempest. Let us go and examine this mountain that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Exodus chapter 19 verse 23. Let's go to that mountain. Exodus 19.23 And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. For thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mount, and sanctify it. The people cannot come up. Are you following? Look at verse 18 of the same Exodus. 19.18 Pay attention. 
and Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Who actually came on that mountain? It was not the Lord. It was angels from the things we have contextually studied. So it was angels that were causing all this supernatural commotion. Now look at that Hebrews 12 again. Hebrews 12, 18. Hebrews 12, 18. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and are born with fire, nor unto blackness and tempest and darkness. 19. Pay attention. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. Which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Are you following? Now, pay attention. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. So one mountain say, you should not come. Another one say, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So one says, Sinai say, don't come. Zion says, come boldly. Sinai say, don't come to the mountain. Zion said, come boldly. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Having therefore brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Next verse. By a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. When you read the Bible and you see, let us draw near, or come boldly, is not talking to believers. They are appeals of the gospel. They are the appeals of the gospel. Let us come boldly. Okay? Draw nigh. They are appeals of the gospel. Apokalaso. Meaning the reconciliation appeal. Apokalaso in the Greek. Notice, he doesn't mention God. He first says, you are not coming. He says, do not come to the mountain. It burns. It has darkness. It has tempest. It's full of blackness. Alright? But when he will mention God now, it's in Hebrews 12, 22. Hebrews 12, 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. So Mount Zion is the city of the living God. Mount Sinai, God is not there. Mount Zion is the city of the living God. Put it up for me. City of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. What was Sinai? It was not the city of the living God. Sinai is not the city of the living God. It's a place of intimidation and tempest. What is Zion? Zion is the city of the living God. He is telling you that God is not involved in Sinai. Look at verse 23 of Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all. So he's telling you that God is not in Sinai. God is in Zion. The judge of all. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. 
He said God is the judge of all. Why did he use that word, the judge of all? Remember, in that 12, he says, our God is a consuming fire. That word consuming fire is katalonisko in the Greek. It means God will take away everything under the law and consume it. The consuming fire there is that God will put an end to the law. He will consume everything that the law signified, which he has done in the death of Christ. He is not consuming you. He consumed the law with all the things that were attached to the law. So the God in Mount Zion is the God that justifies. The God in Mount Zion is the God that does not impute their trespasses upon them. The God in Mount Zion is the God that reconciles. The God in Mount Zion is the God that says their sins and iniquities, I will remember them again no more. In Sinai, there is a remembrance. In Sinai, there is thunder and lightning, there is bondage. And you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father. So angels were the supernatural aspect of Moses' ministry. You didn't hear, so I repeat. Angels were the supernatural aspect of Moses' ministry. Angels. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Pay attention. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them sleep. Look at verse 2 carefully. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. A just recompense of reward. What was spoken by angels? Huh? The law. The word spoken by angels was not the word spoken by God. Because Hebrews 1, 1 tells us at sundry times, in diverse manners, the prophets spoke to the fathers. The prophets spoke to the fathers. Verse 2. Verse 2. Pay attention. The prophets spoke to the fathers. Hath in these last days spoken to us in his son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things. By whom also he made the world. Did you observe verse 3 now? Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So, if you observe carefully, we only find God in the gospel. So now the writer of Hebrew differentiates the law from the gospel. In the gospel, we find the righteousness of God by faith. In the law, we find the righteousness of man or the works, the righteousness of works, the righteousness of the law. Go back to Hebrews 1 7 and please pay attention. Hebrews 1 7. And of the angels, he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? His ministers, the word ministers is the Greek word. Leutrogos, L-E-I 
T-O-U-R-G-O-S. L-E-I-T-O-U-R-G-O-S. You will see it in Romans 13.6. Romans, the use of that word ministers. For this cause pay we tribute also. For they are God's ministers. See it again in Romans 15.16. Ministers. Romans 15.16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God. See it again in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 2. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 2. A minister of the sanctuary. Why were angels called ministers? The word letogos. It means someone who is common to serve or someone who ministers on behalf of another. What were angels commissioned to serve. They were commissioned to serve man. Angels were not commissioned to serve God. Primarily, they were commissioned to serve man. Look at it in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Are they not all, all angels, cherubim, seraphims, whatever they are, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So angels were sent to serve man. Angels were commissioned to minister to man. So when you read about the finger of God in Exodus, that finger of God is actually finger of angels. See, in the Old Testament, when supernatural things happen that they could not explain, they called it God. But we have an understanding that it was the finger of angels. Look at this now. Pay attention. If you wonder why the stones came out supernaturally on Mount Sinai. Why, if, okay, if it is not God, why, why, why were the stones supernatural? Who do you think wrote the stones? Who wrote on the tables of stones? The angels. And the angels were the supernatural part of Moses' ministry. Not the spirit of God. Why did angels write on the table of stones? Because the angels were ordained by Moses. According to Galatians 3.19. They were ordained in the hands of a mediator. Why did Moses ordain them? Why did Moses ordain the angels to write the law on his behalf? Because of the hardness of their heart. So the teachings of Christ that were supposed to reveal the promise, now became ceremonies in the Old Testament. They now became laws. What should have brought understanding to the people concerning the promise of God was now twisted into dogmas and laws. Something that should have become revelation knowledge became laws. Something that Jesus will have done they were now trying to do what Jesus was to do. Are you following? They were now trying to do what Jesus was to do. To expose to them the righteousness of man being unrighteousness. To expose to them the righteousness of man being unrighteousness. Look at Exodus 24.12. Pay attention. Exodus 24.12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written. 
that thou mayest teach them. If your Bible is mine, you will circle the word teach them. They were to be taught. What should have brought understanding and revelation now became dogmas and laws. Look at Acts 7.38. Pay attention. Acts 7.38. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Next verse, 39. To whom our fathers will not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts, turn back again into Egypt. Who spoke to Moses in the wilderness? Or on Mount Sinai? It was angels. Angels. Look at it in Acts 7.53. Acts 7.53. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. By the disposition of angels, look at me, and have not kept it. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 9 for further corroborative evidence. Galatians 3.19, sorry. 3.19, Galatians. Wherefore then, serveth the law it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator how come we are knowing this now because the veil has been taken away. We know where the glory of God is. And we know where the glory of God is not. It's clear in scripture. God did not give the law. And God did not give the ten commandments. The ten commandments we have said are different from the 613 laws. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.13. Pay attention now. And not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Next verse. But their minds were blinded. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ. So there is clarity in Christ. That is what we have today. Clarity in Christ. On Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we will see this clarity in Christ when I'm teaching by 5 p.m. GMT plus 1. Alright? I'm going to deal with that. Now you know that Moses, this Moses, this Moses that we are reading gave them ten commandments and the law. And this same Moses after he has given them ten commandments, he has given them the law. Then in Exodus 33, 18 he was still shouting Lord! Exodus 33, 18 and he said, I beseech thee, 
Show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. Which means there is no glory in the Ten Commandments. And there is no glory of God in the law. Because if there was the glory of God in the Ten Commandments and in the law. He won't come in chapter 33 and be asking God to show him the glory. Lord, show me thy glory. After he has given the folks things to deal with. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Then Moses now himself in chapter 33 is crying. Lord, show me thy glory. But we all with open face. Glory to God. We all with open face. Beholding the glory of God as in a mirror. We are changed into that same image. From glory to glory. Even as by the spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18 So Moses was shouting. Show me the glory. In other words. What was given as Ten Commandments was supposed to be an image that they were to be taught concerning Christ. It was supposed to be an image, not a law. An image, not a law. Something to behold in hope of Christ. An image, not a law. That's where the twist is. Now pay attention. What they wrote down They wrote it down because of the hardness of people's hearts. So what was to be an image of faith now became an instruction of do's and don'ts that the people could not be able to live up to. That's why it was never meant for the stone. It was meant for the heart. They behold and their hearts receive faith. It was never meant for the stone. It was meant for the heart. But they put it on the stone because of the hardness of the heart. And when they put it on the stone, it now became thou shall not, thou shall not. It was turned to shall not and justifiably so because of the state of the people's hearts. Now look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face, open face, no more veil, our hearts are turned to Christ. The veil has been taken away. So, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. This is what Moses was supposed to communicate to these Israelites. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Next verse. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image. That's what Moses was supposed to give Israel. But because of the hardness of their heart. What was to be an image was turned to laws. Lest the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God. Should shine unto them. He hasn't given the law. He has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It is not written on a table of stones. It is written on the fleshly tables of our hearts. So after he gave them the Ten Commandments, he now shouted, Lord, show me thy glory. And God said, it is not yet time.
But today, that glory is on our inside. To whom God will make known what is the mystery of the riches of the glory of the glory of the gospel which is Christ in you. The glory today is in us. So the light of the knowledge of the glory of Jesus was turned into commandments for them. Exodus 31.18 Pay attention. Exodus 31.18 And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony tables of stone written with the finger of God. Remember I have told you what the finger of God is. Then this Moses broke the ten commandments. He broke it. He was so angry. Moses was a man given to anger. He broke it. Remember, he got angry. He destroyed, killed somebody in Pharaoh's house. He got angry. You know, um, he broke the Ten Commandments. Moses was just given to anger. Now, he broke the tables of stone. The two tables. Then he got to the mountain again and they wrote another one. Look at Exodus 32.15. Exodus 32.15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount. And the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides. On the side and on the other were they written. Next verse 16. Pay attention. And the tables were the work of God. And the writing was the writing of God. Graving upon the tables. That is Moses' account. Alright? Graving upon the tables. And those are the tables that Moses out of anger broke them. Look at verse 17 of 32. Exodus 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, they were worshipping an idol now. He said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. Next verse. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing, do I hear. Next verse, 19. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh into the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands, and broke them beneath the mound. Moses broke all of those commandments. Look at verse 20 now. 20. And he took the calf which they had made. See Moses in anger. And he burnt it in the fire. And ground it to powder. And strawed it upon the water. And made the children of Israel to drink of it. He made them to drink it. That is, see anger. He took the tables of stone. Grinded them. And made them to drink it. Look at verse 22. Moses. Verse 22. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. There are no ways the people that they are set on mischief. Weak leader Aaron. Aaron was there when all this happened. But you know, then Moses set up the priesthood of Levi. And you know, the Bible tells us that the priesthood of Levi was not the mind of God. After all this, then Moses now went, oh God, show me thy glory. Look at verse 27 of Exodus 32. Pay attention. 27. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, 
and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. 28. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Moses ordered them to kill 3,000 men that day out of anger. 3,000 men. Was God in this? No, never. So go back to Matthew chapter 5 now. Matthew chapter 5. Pay attention. You will enjoy this. Matthew 5. The 10th commandment is the light of the knowledge of God. A promise, the 10 commandments is a promise of the new creature in Christ. But it was turned into the table of sin and death or into the law of sin and death by Moses and his angels. And they had grounds for it because of the unbelief of the people. What did they do that he did not do? What did Israel do that Moses did not do? They were angry, he was angry. They were disobedient, he was They were all the same. But the difference was that Moses had faith in Christ. Moses received the gospel. They rejected the gospel. That's the difference. So now Jesus began to rewrite the Ten Commandments the way it should have been if not for the angelic and Moses twist. Jesus rewrote it. Look at Luke 24, 25. Luke 24, 25. Luke 24. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. To believe all that the prophets have spoken. Next verse. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Jesus said all that the prophets have spoken. In other words, God's promise and God's utterance in the Old Testament were restricted to what Jesus will do. God's utterance in the Old Testament were restricted to what Jesus will do. Did Moses write this? Yes, Moses did. Go to John chapter 5. Now pay attention. Always realize that the law was given to the lawless. First Timothy 1.9 The law was given to the lawless. The law was given to those who rejected the rest of God. To those who rejected the rest of God. God had never at any point charged sin at any point. He has not, he does not, he cannot. People have misrepresented God because they have refused to have faith in Christ. They have refused to have faith in Christ. You know, in the last service I said to you that faith in Christ opens the Bible to you. Faith in Christ unravels the mystery of the Old Testament. So come to John chapter 5 verse 44. Pay attention. John 5 44. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Next verse. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. This is Jesus. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. The word accuse is the word categorical in the Greek. It's the same word in Revelation 12, 11. 
the accuser of the brethren. Look at verse 46 of John 5. Pay attention. John 5, 46. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. So Moses wrote two things. Number one, he wrote accusation. Number two, he wrote of Jesus. The choice is yours. Look at verse 47, John 5. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? So in the writings of Moses, you will find accusation and you will find the gospel. So he gave gospel. When you reject the gospel, he gives you the law. Question. Did Moses testify of Jesus? Yes. Did Moses write accusation afterwards? Yes. Look at Acts 7.37. Acts 7.37. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear. That is a disclaimer Moses is putting now. Moses is saying, I have said my own, but I'm not sure. But a prophet is coming. Hear him. Moses is putting a disclaimer. Look at Deuteronomy 18.15. Deuteronomy 18.15. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him shall you hearken. So the heavens open. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So Moses said hear him and God says hear him. That's why Jesus had to rewrite the Ten Commandments. So Jesus now said, if you believe his writings, you will believe me. Look at Acts 13, 38. Acts 13, 38. Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Next verse. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now look at when, where they accuse Paul. Acts 26, 22. Stay with me. Acts 26, 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. 23. Pay attention. That Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Did Moses preach Christ? Yes. He said a prophet like me shall come. Hear him. Did Moses preach righteousness through faith? Yes. The gospel was preached to them as well as unto us. But they didn't mix faith. When Paul wrote about righteousness through faith, he quoted Moses two times. Both in Romans 10 verse 5 to 6 and Romans 10 verse 8 to 9. He told them, he sets before them life and death. Moses told them, I said before you life and death. Choose life. But the choice is yours. When they did not choose life, Moses gave them the law of death. 
So the Ten Commandments are not sacrosanct. That is, you don't have to write them on the board of your church. Look at Matthew 5.21. Let's see Jesus now. Matthew 5.21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of thy judgment. 22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Who are the them? Jesus is making reference to Moses and the angels. It wasn't God. This is Moses. So what Moses and the angels wrote, Jesus is now rewriting. You heard that you should not kill. But I say, don't be angry because anger is equivalent to killing or malice or bitterness or unforgiveness. Jesus is renewing and rewriting the commandments. Again, remember, faith in Christ unlocks the Bible. Look at that Matthew 5.27. Pay attention. Matthew 5.27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. 28. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, had committed adultery with her already in his heart. 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. Cast it out from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. 31. 31. 31. 31. It had been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Now 30. 30. Verse 30. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Did you observe the word in his heart? He is using an example of what happens in the heart. So Jesus cut off the old man. Jesus has cut off. If you are right and make you sin, cut it off. So Jesus in his death has cut off the old man and now has made us new creature. This is the new bar being born again. It goes beyond motions and we will see this clearly as we continue the teaching on Wednesday at 5 p.m. GMT plus one. This is the new bar. It goes beyond motions. The key into what he was saying is in verse 43. Pay attention. Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 44. But I say, love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? Next verse. That you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. 
and sendeth rain upon the just and upon the just and on the unjust. Your Father in heaven sendeth rain upon the just and on the unjust. That's your Father in heaven. So, exactly the opposite of what Moses taught. The rewriting of the Ten Commandments by Jesus, whom Moses said you should hear, is exactly the opposite of what Moses wrote. So, Jesus is renewing the Ten Commandments to reflect the new birth. In other words, what was being said was the promise of the new birth. In the new birth, the nature of the believer cannot kill. The nature of the believer cannot commit adultery. The nature of the believer cannot steal. That is the new nature. But the new birth was given to the Israelites as commandments. So who do you trust? God or angels? See what Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 36.25. Pay attention. Ezekiel 36.25 Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Next verse. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. 27 I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And you shall keep my commandments and do them. Whatever was on Sinai was the promise of God turned to commandments. So what you will become first is important before what you will do. On Mount Sinai, they reverse the issue. Do before you become. Jesus reversed it. Become first before you do. It was a promise of the spirit. Something that was given to Abraham was now turned into a law. Pay attention. That thing that causes men to sin has been cut off in the new creation. That is what Jesus was saying. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Jesus cut off the old man and made you a new creation. Old things, the law of Moses and his attendant manifestations have been put away. Behold, all things are new in Christ and all things in Christ are of God. They are of God. Did you observe that in Ezekiel 18 verse 1, Moses was corrected by Ezekiel. Oh, glory to God. Ezekiel 18 verse 1. Put it up quickly. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, next verse, what meanest, what mean ye that you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Next verse. As I live, say of the Lord, you shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb. This is, that is, nobody will be held responsible for the sin of the other person. Ezekiel adjusted it because Moses included it in the Ten Commandments. And he says it will be visited to the third and fourth generation of, of them. David himself, when his sin came and said to God, creating me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit and I will do right. That is, change my nature and it will affect my lifestyle. Change my nature and it will affect my lifestyle. Psalm 102 verse 18. That's the new creation. 
the new creation. Glory to God. Psalm 102.18 This shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Look at that Exodus 20 verse 5 as I round up this service. Exodus 20 verse 5. Exodus. Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I the Lord thy God am a jealous God. That word jealous God is not true. God is not jealous. Jealousy is a work of this, the flesh. But we'll deal with that word on Wednesday. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, listen carefully. When he said visit, what does it mean to visit? Because that is why some preachers, instead of studying that word, will now say, you have generational cause, you have ancestral cause. If you are born in a family where the children are not doing well, it's ancestral cause. Well, that's not what visit means. What does visit means? It is the word pakwad in the Hebrew. P-A-Q-A-D. That word pakwad means to attend to something or to take care of something. That is taking care of the iniquities of the fathers. So that is not generational causes. What God was simply saying is that if the fathers sin, I will take care of their sin in my mercy. And I will take care of their children's children. That is the promise of God's mercy. Which has been extended upon the new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Those of you in Aquaibum, Inspiration FM, I am there live every evening, Monday to Sunday, 8 p.m. Every evening. You don't want to miss the broadcast. Every day, I'm there live for one hour. And it continues this evening and all through the week. It's so important you stay with us on that network, on that Inspiration FM. Because more of this word will be taught and communicated. And at the end of the broadcast, we'll be giving phone numbers to call for questions, phone numbers to call for prayer, phone numbers to call for us to take care of you. Make sure you keep a date with us every day on Inspiration FM, 8 p.m. As the word of God continues to grow big on your inside and build you up in the knowledge. And every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., I'll be live on Inspiration FM teaching the word of God every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, all through the lockdown until churches begin to gather again. So share with your neighbor, tell your friends in your community, everybody tune into FM, everybody let the word flood the entire city. Glory to God. Glory to God. You are blessed beyond the cause. Grace is upon your heart. Every symptom of sickness flushed out. Barriers broken. Wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, receive a miracle where you need a miracle. Great grace is upon you. Throughout this coronavirus situation, I declare you are kept from the plague. You are kept from its infirmity. The grace of God is extended to you. You grow in grace. You grow in knowledge. I speak the blessing over you today in the name of Jesus. Now, just like I said, the word pakwad in the Hebrew is used 310 times. 310 times. It means to attend to something. So, I, I took time to look for where it was used. And I saw where it was used in other places. I'd like you to write down. Everybody write down. This is important. Write down. Genesis 
21 verse 1. The word Pakwad. To visit. 21 verse 1. Genesis. 21 verse 1. Put it up for me. And the Lord visited Sarah. The Lord Pakwad Sarah. As he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah. As he had spoken. Look at Genesis 39 verse 4. Genesis 39 verse 4. And Joseph found grace in the sight and he served him. The word Pakwad. Write these scriptures down. Write them down. Genesis 39 verse 5. Genesis 40 verse 4. Genesis 41 34. Genesis 50 verse 24. Exodus 3 verse 16. Exodus 4 verse 31. Write it down for further study. Exodus 13 19. And if this visit was negative, look at Exodus 30 12. Please stay with me. Stay with me. Exodus chapter 30 verse 12. When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. When thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them. When thou numberest them, that there be no plague. It appears to me that when the word visit is used, it's not for something negative, it's for something positive. So let's apply it to Exodus 25. Put it up. Exodus 20 verse 5. Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting or taking note or caring for or showing mercy, showing mercy on the iniquity of the fathers, upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So the visiting is showing mercy, not bringing judgment. When people are visited from our reading, what happens is positive. I will care for them. So what did Ezekiel say will be given? A new heart. What did Paul say? Paul said, not imputing their trespasses unto them. So, everything written on the stones was supposed to be written on the heart of a man. And it was supposed to actually show us who we are in Christ. Can God be called, I mean, it can be called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Remember, the Old Testament was written in riddles, chada, statements that will need explanation. So, you can't blame them beyond their capacity in their limited communication. But glory to God. Ezekiel gave us a promise that is fulfilled today. We live in the spirit. The ten commandments don't scare us anymore. We look at them and we say, see who we are. New creations. What was the plan of God? The plan of God for Abraham before Sinai was that everyone will be adopted a son of God in Christ. And Titus chapter 1 says, God that cannot lie gave us the promise of eternal life before the world began. So we can split the Ten Commandments in two. Number one, 
faith in Christ, the rest of God. Number two, to believe what Jesus has done and to behold it. The dictates and commandments are passed away. He has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We do not obey the Ten Commandments to be. We become new creations to produce the fruit of the Spirit. To produce the fruit of the Spirit. So, we believe. And believing is living right. We believe the gospel. And believing is living right. Stand on your feet. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice around the world. Receive revelation knowledge. The eyes of your understanding be flooded with light. You have clarity. You have clarity. You walk in the newness of life. Your realities in Christ Jesus manifested. You are kept by the power of God. And I decree that grace abound towards you. I decree that you have, you have, you have sufficiency of all things. Now I command the devil and his cohorts, take your hands off of God's property. I speak the grace of God over you, the peace of God over you. Every hold of infirmity, lose your holes in the name of Jesus. Your body be healed. Your mind be restored in the name of Jesus. Great grace is upon you today in Jesus' precious name. Glory to God. Are you getting blessed? Are you growing up in this place? Oh my goodness, what a joy. Listen carefully. This day, today is our partnership Sunday. Partnership gives us an opportunity for you to support us with your finances. You take a portion of your income to support this ministry. Sacrificially and qualitatively. So that we can do all that we are doing all over the world. For example, today we just started going live on radio all over the state. Because people are at home, they are not in churches. And we want to be able to reach them in their mass numbers with the gospel. It takes money to do that. We own a TV station. You know, we're on several TV stations. We're on several radio stations pumping this gospel out. And then we're on all the networks on social media. We're everywhere. It takes money. Through your partnership, we can actually take over the world with the gospel. As you give towards this ministry, remember, through your givings, we are raising tabernacles for God. Your body is the temple. We're building people all over the world. And it takes your money to make it possible. Today, whatever you have set aside, your partnership, your kingdom investment, your offerings, I'd like you to put them together online, in our house, churches, in our campuses, and everybody on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the various platforms, on Kingdom Life Network TV. If the, the banking details are going around, if you're in an area where you've looked around and no account is regular, relevant to you, Shoot a mail to me today, Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Drabel, D R A B E L D A M I N A at yahoo.com. Indicating your location. And I will reply your letter immediately with banking details for you to redeem or send in your partnership, your kingdom investment, or your offerings. Our house centers bring out your kingdom investment, your offerings, and your partnership. All our campuses, it is time to honor the labor of this ministry, honor our collective assignment.
to preach this gospel. You know the world has gone virtual now. People are not meeting physically. So our most effective tool now is the mass media. Television, radio, Facebook, all the various platforms. And it takes money to get this out. Thank you for responding and thank you for giving. Let me pray for you. But listen, the Lord spoke to me this morning and I want to share with you. In the post-corona world, some of you may need to develop new skills. Some of you will need to top up your skills, sharpen your skills. Because in the post-corona world, many things will no more work. It's, a, it's an entire new world. And some of you that are not good with, you know, with, with technology, it's time to look into technology. Because the world is going virtual. Offices are going to be working virtual. A lot of people are going to lose certain jobs and they will have to move into other jobs. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of money. A lot of money. That's why you must prepare yourself and position yourself. The Lord spoke to me. That's why I'm sharing with you. You've got to position yourself. If you don't have certain skills, go online now and look for how to develop certain skills. Pray about it in the spirit and the spirit of God will lead you as to what to do. We're going to make so much money and get this gospel all over the world. Let me pray for you over your offerings, your partnership, and your givings today. Father, thank you for these partners who have been faithfully given to this ministry monthly to support us intentionally so that together we're able to get the gospel all over the world. Thank you for everyone giving an investment, a one-time support, those giving their offerings today, all in honor of the labor of this ministry and in honor of what Jesus has done so that we can blanket the world with the gospel. I decree that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So wherever you are, grace abound towards you. Grace abound towards you. You receive sufficiency. You receive supernatural favor. You receive new connections, ideas, concepts. Inside. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Now you Satan, take your hands of the resources of God's people. Receive concepts and ideas. The favor of God is at work on your behalf. Excel prosper, excel. In the name of Jesus, receive clarity of directions. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. You are far from confusion. Grace abound towards you. And in the name of Jesus, you will never be confused. Thank you, Father, that every partnership sent in today, all of our kingdom investments and our finances released into this ministry rises before you a sweet smell. And thank you for the privilege to serve your people the grace of God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Make sure you, you get in your partnership commitments, your kingdom investments, and your offerings in today. All the banking details are there. Our house centers, your house pastors will tell you what to do with your partnership, kingdom investments, and all of that. And our campuses, thank you for responding to our givings today. Everybody online, thank you. You, my online family, you guys are, you are, you are too powerful. Thank you for support. Thank you for giving. I appreciate all of your, your generosity towards this ministry. And thank you for believing in what we do together. And I know that as we keep on doing, when we see Jesus, he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you again. Remember, I'm going to be live again this evening at 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., 12 noon, 6 p.m., 10 p.m. And then on Wednesday, I'll be physically live here at 5 p.m. GMT plus one as I continue teaching 
on the two kinds of righteousness. What a blessing to be able to be with you. Campuses, able hands of our coordinators. House, our house centers in Aquaibom, able hands of our house pastors. And everybody else, enjoy the grace of Christ. Be blessed. We will see you again. Amen. Praise God.